Um, all right, so moving on from discussing that, we're going to be doing our favorite, top five favorite Batman movies um, in honor of the Batman film that is coming out next week. I'm excited to see it. I'm seeing it uh, March 3rd, so I'm excited. Yeah, same. I'm seeing it uh, this Friday, my time, to talk about it Saturday, my time on the show. So Friday night, Saturday for you people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I cannot wait to see that. So uh, we're just gonna be going back and forth, um, you know, doing mm-hmm. our t- uh, favorite ones. Uh, do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. I should go first, or what? Um, sure. So uh, starting at my uh, number five as my greatest Batman films of all time. Th- this was a list that I spent a lot of time. I revisited all of these, and it's one that was very, very painstaking to have to cut stuff out. So my number five, it's gonna be. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. This was the uh, sequel to uh, the amazing run of cartoons on uh, Cartoon Network of Batman Beyond, where we saw Terry McGinnis take on the role of Batman, along with Kevin Conroy reprising his role as a much older Bruce Wayne after his retirement. And Return of the Joker, it's exactly that. It's uh, in Neo Gotham, we see the return of Mark Hamill's The Joker. And we get a much deeper look at the end of his relationship with the uh, Kevin Conroy Batman. And when you talk about some of the darkest storytelling that was ever done on uh, on Cartoon Network, this is one of the biggest examples in terms of how this film handles its uh, handles its characters in the past and how traumatic that was and how much it haunts them, how much it still haunts Bruce Wayne to this day. And for this film, it's also the point where if you weren't sold on Terry McGinnis as Batman, which I was I was that kid, I was always on the Terry McGinnis train, this was the one where he stood out. And it kind of closes his arc from the uh, from the original series, where he was kind of this like punk kid trying to find redemption as Batman. And you have this very, very emotional scene with Bruce Wayne telling him, is like, look, kid, it's not the cowl that makes you makes you like a good person. You do. You make Batman. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was And a- on top of on top of that, just incredible voice performance from Will Friedle, who voices Terry McGinnis, Kevin Conroy as a as Bat as Bruce Wayne, who is always fantastic. And one of my favorite turns of Mark Hamill as the Joker. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of Batman Beyond. Um, I really would love if they do a Batman Beyond movie, live action, um, just to do something mm-hmm. different with the Batman franchise, you know, like if you just advance it all the way. What was, do you remember the year that Batman Beyond was set in? I think it was supposed to be like, uh, 2050 or something like that. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if they do something like that, yeah, like it- in this... Yeah, if they gave, like, Denny Villeneuve the, the fucking reins on Batman Beyond and just told him to, like, get that Blade Runner aesthetic, because that was a huge influence on the show. It was basically, uh, what if we threw Batman into Blade Runner? Hmm, yeah. Because even his, the bat- new Bat- Batmobile is kind of like a, you know, kind of like a like a ship from Blade Runner. kind of looks like that. Yeah, like which that. I was so happy, because I had that toy when I... Oh wow, you did! Oh, I'm kind of jealous. I didn't. Have yeah, that. I had I had the Beyond Batmobile. Oh wow, that's pretty nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I would love if they did that. 
Um, if they did kind of a movie, because it would be something different from what you see normally, from just what you see regularly with the Batman stuff. But and also, I think that uh, the Tati G- uh, Gabriella from uh, like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina from you, I think she'd mm-hmm. make a great Maxine. I think she'd make a really awesome Ooh. Maxine uh, if they ever did one. Yeah, I was a big fan of this movie. Um, I thought it was very, very good. Um, it was kind of sad that it, it, the show ended as early as it did, um, and they mm-hmm. had to kind of do their... It, yeah, it, it, it was kind of an uphill battle from the jump, because you had, at the time, it was, uh, why are you doing like this reboot to the animated series? Because I don't even think the, I don't even think, uh, the, the Batman animated series had ended at that point. Mm. Uh, no, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it did at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even there over yet. Um, oh, it, yeah, it was uh, started in 1992, ended it. Oh, it ended in uh, 1992. Okay. Hmm. Okay. But you still had uh, Justice League going on around the same time, or right immediately after. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck, and- my dates are all off. I, I'm I'm wrong on all of this. My bad. Yeah. Um, because Batman Beyond, they had to put their finale with the Justice League. They had to kind of sneak their mm-hmm. own series finale in a Justice League episode. Um, there uh, mm-hmm. for the series because they couldn't do it on their own. Yeah, show. which yeah, which is a series finale I vehemently dislike because the really? series finale proposes that hey Terry McGinnis is Bruce Wayne's biological son, which completely undercuts the whole point of the show that anybody could be Batman. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I, I didn't quite kind of like that element of it that yeah they kind of did mm-hmm. some weird science stuff that made him. It, you know his son and everything like that uh i didn't like that too much but uh i still thought you know it's kind of still a good really good finale and seeing kind of this much mm-hmm. a little bit older you know terry mcginnis who's all jacked he's all built and everything like that mm-hmm. um you know he'd been doing a lot of push-ups and doing a lot a lot of push-ups um yeah <laughs> um so yeah i thought it was yeah a great series batman beyond um and a great movie with batman batman beyond return of mm-hmm. the joker um, all right, so for me, uh, my f- my fifth pick, um, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go Dark Knight Returns, uh, which was the mm. uh, anime, the two part uh, animated film that came out. Um, and with Dark Knight Returns, um, it's based on the work of Frank Miller, um, and it was one of the first comics I ever read. Uh, was Dark Knight Returns. Mm. Um, and it was like, wow, I mean, you know, really great stuff. I mean, seeing a much older Batman, I mean, Dark Knight Returns is what a lot of people, when they do Batman movies, they base, you know, live action Batman movies, they base a lot of it on Frank Miller's run on, on Batman with Dark Knight Returns, Mm -hmm. um, even like Batman, the long Halloween, um, yeah, Long Halloween is Jeff Loeb. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff Loeb. Um, I'm sorry about that. Uh, year year one was Frank Miller. As well. Yeah, year one. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so they base a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff kind of on those runs of kind of Batman and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here you have a much older Batman and also another future type setting. You have Batman at 55 years old, I believe, or in his 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, around that age. Um, you know, in this kind of overrun Gotham, he's been retired as Batman for a number of years. Um, he's been retired as Batman because of after the death of Jason Todd. And, you know, he mm-hmm. kind of just quit being Batman at that time. And, um, you know, now it's like, and the way they kind of treat it in Dark Knight Returns is that Batman, it's almost like, it's not just another, you know, it's like his alter ego. It's like almost another personality that like mm-hmm. kind of takes hold of him. You know, like like Batman, it's almost like psychologically, 
you know, it's like, you know, there's this scenes where it's like almost like calling out to him to be Batman, to return, mm. you know what I mean, you know, to come back. And in this, you see a guy who's like very reckless, you know what I mean? He's like doing things where he's jumping in, you know, like in a race and everything like that. And, you know, and, you know, just all, doing all this stuff. And, you know, I, I much love that um, in, in this movie. Mm. Um, and I much also love a lot of the, you know, kind of, where he's fighting this this mutant leader and everything like that um and Mm -hmm. you know given that this was written back in the 90s uh mind you um you're gonna have it it was written it was written back in the 80s during the reagan administration oh and that was a lot of what and that was a lot of what frank miller was criticizing with uh with this book about how uh jingoistic the media was at the time with the like red scare with uh, the fear of communism and fear of that overrunning and anarchy, and especially like with New York, that place was a shithole. Mm. It was basically real life Gotham City at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, because this came out in 1986. Yeah, uh, yeah, very, very much. Yeah, like that. Yeah, um, and you do have you know this being kind of like this future. They try to do like you know these mutant characters. Um, you do have like this, mm-hmm. a lot of the slang terms and everything like that they do with these kind of mutant characters and. Just the brutality, you know. Now this kind of much older Batman, you know, that he's he's older and he's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm putting you down. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not wasting any time <laughs> here. Um, and um, you know, it's, it's that classic line that he has when he's fighting the leader of the mutants, uh, where he talks about mm. you know like you know I'm the surgeon and then you know this is my table. You know what I mean? He's really just beating him down. Um, I think is really really great. Um, mm. And then that's you know also that's what you saw like a lot of you know stuff where you saw like in batman versus superman where he puts on like you know he has the whole oh, gear yeah this is this is very yeah Zack snyder owes all of the fucking all of his fucking batman material to frank Miller because it's basically lifted right from the page and yeah. in that film it doesn't really work yeah i mean yeah in that film it, it kind of to me comes off as like yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Frank Miller had this very specific take on Batman. He saw him as this old, much older, more like world weary and kind of fucking crazy guy. And that, and when you try to put him with like a Justice League, that doesn't really work. And, and even in the like intro of the book, they literally say that, uh, yeah, the yeah the government outlawed masks. It was basically the future that Alan Moore predicted. Uh, and Superman is now a puppet for the government, which I like part two of this a lot more because you have the introduction of uh, Mark Valley from uh, Human Target as Superman, which I think he's a great performance. And you have Peter Weller as uh, Bruce Wayne, who I think is a stellar casting. Was an iffy casting decision until I actually heard him as the character, and wow, he's great. Yeah, Peter Weller as Batman, I think he does a decent job. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, like, after Kevin Conroy left the role, it was, like, such a big void of, mm-hmm. you know... I think Bruce Greenwood, who voices Batman on, like, mm-hmm. the Young Justice series and everything like that, I think he does a really good job as Batman, voicing him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's a great choice. Peter Weller, I think, is okay here as Batman, um, Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, you also I, have- I, think he's, I think he's good for this take on Batman. The only casting decision that I wasn't a big fan of was... Uh, was Michael Emerson as the Joker. Hmm. Yeah, um, you have Michael Emerson here, who's the Joker, who's playing a very... You know, has Joker kind of very effeminate, kind of he, in a he's, way. He's, 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 so. he's playing the way Frank Miller wrote him, and it's more as like an effeminate uh, David Bowie-esque type, type Joker. Yeah, 
Um, he's kind of playing that way. I think he does again. It's like big shoes to fill with you know Mark Hamill mm-hmm. leaving the role. Same thing with like yeah, Batman. It, it's what it's one of those things when I think at the time they announced this, the big discourse online was you're making the Dark Knight Returns and you're not bringing back Conroy and Hamill. Mm, yeah. Um, well, sometimes that doesn't even make a difference because you saw that with the killing joke. <laughs> like that doesn't even make. There's, there's there's a lot more wrong with the killing joke than just uh, than just the bringing them in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just mean, yeah. You can't always yeah save it. Sometimes yeah, with sometimes acting <laughs> choices. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought this was yeah a really 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 great one and the two part you know mm-hmm. adaptation they have the two parter they did with this one. Um, I thought yeah, was and I good. and I think yeah, and I think if you can look for it online, you can find this. Uh, like supercut of both both parts put together as one cohesive film, and I think it works much better watching it that way than it does as like two separate hour twenty minute movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. What about you? Okay. Uh, my next one is uh, I'm looking at our list, and we kind of got the same choice here. It's Batman Under the Red Hood. Mm. Yeah. So Red Hood is one of my favorite characters, and taking one of the and story arcs with uh, Under the Hood and uh, Death and the Family and adapting it in this way where you bring back uh, Jason Todd who was the second Robin after Dick Grayson and dealing with uh, his death and then several years later the emergence of the Red Hood and all of the mind games and manipulation that he does in order to uh, haunt Batman for his mistake and it has some of the best action sequences in one of these. I love the animation style. I love the performances. I think this was the first time we saw Bruce Greenwood as Batman, and he fills those shoes marvelously. And on top of that, you have I think an underrated Joker performance with uh, John DiMaggio, who we all know as Bender, as uh, Jake from Adventure Time, uh, Jensen Ackles from uh, Supernatural as uh, Jason Todd here, uh, Neil Patrick Harris as uh, Nightwing, which is kind of a really underrated, uh, underrated role. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, it had, and uh, out of all of these, uh, all of these uh, DC and direct-to-video animated films, I think this it's either this or my next choice that stands out as the absolute best. It has one of the best endings out of all of these. It's an ending that. You have this emotional confrontation with uh, with Jason Todd and Bruce Wayne, and it's heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Jason Eccles, he comes in. It's Jason Todd, uh, the Red Hood. Um, it was funny. Like I, you know, I was I remember playing that Arkham Knight game, and they tried to do like, mm. oh, we got this brand new character called Arkham Knight, and he's gonna be in it's here. Like, fetch. Like and you play the game for like two minutes and you realize if you only you, read one it, you play it for like five minutes and it's something you see coming a mile away. Yeah, it's like, huh? I wonder why we're hearing so much about Jason Todd in this game. Yeah, it's like wink, you can, wink. You can easily fi- figure it out. It's like okay, this is some big mystery, but okay. Um, it, it, it was it it was more egregious than. Fucking J.J. Abrams in every interview talking about, hey, look, Benedict Cumberbatch is not playing Khan. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like every everybody can see coming. I mean, it was like, okay, yeah, we all we all know what's happening here. Um, and Jason Eccles does a great job, you know, playing uh, mm-hmm. the. I mean, I mean, Jason Eccles does a great job playing Jason Todd here. Um, and yeah, it, even even at the time watching Supernatural, it was clear to see who was the much 
factor out of the two of them. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was very much clear. And I always thought Jason Ackles, you know, I thought he would have made a great Captain America because I know he was in the running for Captain he, America. Yeah, he yeah he was up for it. He he was up for that and Thor at the time. Yeah, and I thought yeah he would have yeah, I thought he would have made a great Captain America. I was really because I was a big fan of Supernatural, and I was like yeah I'm really rooting mm-hmm. for Jason Ackles to get it. And I think you know hey we're getting a Captain America esque with uh, him playing Soldier Boy boys. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see him on the boys. Yeah, I think he yeah, he's a very good actor. I I'm surprised why I haven't seen him in more stuff after well cuz yeah. he's cuz he's been tied up with Supernatural for like the last 12 years. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um but yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't wait to see him on that. But uh yeah, I think he does a great job here doing the voice work. Um, you know, that that's very impressive. The they said the action is very also very impressive as well. We see Red Hood mm-hmm. fight Batman is also very good. Um, you have John Dima- uh, Joe DiMaggio, uh, or is it John DiMaggio as uh, yeah. as Joker here? Um, you see, because there's always different interpretations people do with all these different comic book characters. Here, like we just talked about with Michael Emerson playing the Joker um, in Dark Knight Returns, he plays a very more effeminate Joker, um, like mm-hmm. how Frank Miller wrote up here under in, under the Red Hood. It's more Joker is more like just a thug, you know, just kind of like more like a mm. plain kind of thug. So you know, John DiMaggio with the voice isn't really trying to go very high pitched or go very, you know, what I mean, kind of that way. It's more kind of straight, like deeper kind of voice he tries to go with the Joker, just more emphasize, you know, kind of emphasizing on the thug kind of factor of the Joker, mm-hmm. criminal thug. Yeah, it, it it it's very similar. I think his take is very similar to. Um, what Heath Ledger did with the with the character, hmm. yeah, um, yeah, so to some degree, but he's not um, as like mm-hmm. wild or crazy as like what Heath Ledger did with mm-hmm. the kind of Joker there. Yeah, with him, it's more clear that there's a method to the madness. Yeah, um, so yeah, um, and then you mentioned Neil Patrick Harris, who comes in as Nightwing um, and, and things like that. I think you know he does also a solid job as well. Um, yeah, I really, I really and, enjoy this. And really underrated take you have uh, Jason Isaacs. Rachel, which his scene with uh, Batman when uh, Batman is doing all the digging into the Red Hood, that might be one of the best scenes in the movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very, very, yeah, a lot of really good stuff there. Um, so yeah, I absolutely, really, really do love Batman under the Red Hood a lot. I saw that on a lot of people's lists when I was uh, doing the whole Twitter. Mm. Yeah, when people put their lists. I saw Batman. Yeah, it's one of the greats. It's, I think, uh, when people talk about like the DC animated movie, it's always either. Like this phantasm or flashpoint paradox that tops everybody's like number one. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm gonna begin into my next one here. Now I was kind of debating mm-hmm. on whether or not I should put this one because I was like, well, this is kind of really more of a Suicide Squad movie, I guess. I mean, it's more Suicide mm. Squad, but then Batman kind of shows up, and I'm talking about Batman Assault on Assault on Arkham. What kind of your thought? You think that that's more of a Suicide this, Squad movie? Yeah, this this feels much more like a Suicide Squad movie. Like, the final bit, like, big battle with the Joker, it's between uh, Joker and Deadshot more than it is Batman. Batman is essentially a side character. In, which, yeah. I get why you... I get why you sold the movie that way, because you're tying this into the Arkham... into the Arkham games. Uh, you have Kevin Conroy back reprising the role. And it's much easier to sell... Uh, a movie with Batman on the title than it is the Suicide Squad, which was a huge problem with the time, and even continuing to this day with Warner Brothers. Like, you have Batman on the cover and prominently featured in Justice League Dark when it doesn't really make sense to have him there. Yeah. 
Yeah, like Justly. Yeah, they have him. Yeah, Justly. It feels like they just throw in Batman because it's like, fuck, we know Batman. That's our that's our big guy. So let's just throw in Batman in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but here it makes sense. This is a lot of his rogues. This is setting taking place inside Arkham. I think it works better here than it does there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he kind of shows up, kind of almost sort of eh, a little like midway through it. Uh, but it's mostly a Suicide Squad movie, I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, with Batman kind of showing up because, like you said, it makes sense because it's his rogues gallery that is that makes up the Suicide Squad, like Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Joker is Joker is the main villain of this. Uh, yeah, Joker is the main who's voiced by Troy Baker in this. Um, who? Yeah, I think I think this was him doing the role before he was cast in uh, Arkham Origins. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Um, how do you like his Joker? I love it. I think it's a uh, very I think it's uh, Mark Hamill light, but he has some great lines in in this movie and in the uh, Arkham Origins game that stands out to me as a really great Joker. Mm. Like <laughs> him fucking around with the uh, the guards, him seeing like a uh, uh, black spider's dead body, and him fucking with them shooting out the electric chair room was great. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah he he does some good bits. I think yeah he he does kind of a yeah decent job as as Joker there here, Troy Baker. Um, he he is playing it as Hamill light, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, still pretty decent. Um, and then you also have you know another like Deadshot, who's also part of Batman's Rose Gallery as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's a good you know really good action movie. Uh, and uh, you know then the Suicide Squad being sent to stop the Joker. It's basically what the first Suicide Squad movie should be should have been instead of it's them trying what, to throw in. It's what the first it's what the first Suicide Squad promised it would be. Yeah, like and then the movie came out. Yeah, instead of them trying to fight Enchantress, which was like, what the fuck? I mean, that really is like that didn't make any fucking sense for them for these like, people this, to fight Enchantress. Like this is out. This is way outside your pay grade. Like even in the even in the Suicide Squad, Starro is like outside of their skill set, but that was never their mission. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah, they're basically mm-hmm. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really did enjoy this one a lot. Um, you know, I think it does have really great action and it. it does have great momentum of, of these animated movies mm-hmm. really, you know, having something like great momentum throughout the, throughout the movie that keeps you, you know, invested all the way through this little slow moments, I don't think in it, um, which, you know, a lot of these anime movies, they're really short. They're only like an hour and 15, hour and 20. So, you know, a lot of yeah, the, they gotta the lo- go, 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 Yeah, go. I think the longest one is a uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War and that tops at an hour 30. Yeah, so you got to really go, go, go with a lot of these and throwing a lot of that stuff and information. Um, and I think it does a, a great job of doing that. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of this movie. Um, all right, what's next <laughs> for you? And this ties, this is like my fifth one. This ties with Dark Knight Returns. But I would put oh, you Dark, cheating, motherfucker. Dark Knight Returns over this one for sure. Um, all right, mm-hmm. what do you got? Okay, my next one, it's going to be one of the greatest uh animated uh batman films of all time and it's the the first one that actually released in theaters it's mask of the phantasm Mm -hmm. you have this story you have this continuation of the original animated series all of the uh actors from that returning kevin conroy as bruce wayne's like batman uh, mark hamill as the joker and here this is essentially the telling of batman year two it's an adaptation of that story you have the flashbacks to uh bruce wayne long before he ever became batman and dealing with his romance with his ill-fated romance with uh, andrea beaumont who i'm 
who is another uh, young heiress at, who uh, lost their family. And you see the conflict and the heartbreak and the tragedy that comes with that. And some of the most emotional set pieces that you get with Kevin Conroy as the character. It's the scene to this day where it's young Bruce Wayne at his parents' tombstone crying, begging them to please let, please just let me not do this. Let me be happy. And he's so broken that he can't see that that's the right thing to do. And in his heartbreak, that's the turning point for him becoming Batman. Mm. And then you see the consequences of that and see how their time apart and how that romance set both her and uh, Andrea apart and how it drove them into their futures. And I like the little teases that you get with the Joker that you it's not like one bad day as he's always claiming he was always this fucked up mm. yeah um yeah i mean batman master the fast some i think it's not only one of the best batman movies i think it's just one of the best animated movies ever um it would be yeah, maybe a hundred percent agree um and it's an amazing film um you know and it has that you know because it's a continuation of what the batman the animated series was and i think batman the animated series is one of the greatest animated series ever made as well and a continuation of that of that art style which is gorgeous which is really beautiful um mm -hmm. of that art style i remember I, I remember like i think i was in where was i i think was i in dubai or was i in japan where i saw like the batmobile uh, from the anime series, I wanted to buy it. I should have bought that Batmobile because I mm -hmm. saw it and it was like gorgeous. I was like, man, I should have maybe bought mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah, when I yeah when I went to that uh, like DC Comics exhibit in Tokyo, they had like a little raffle for uh, they had like those little coin slot machines where you could get like a random bat toy, and they had both that they had this the one from the animated series, they had the one from the '60s, and they had the Tumblr from the Dark Knight, and I ended up doing that thing twice and i got two of the same one the 60s batmobile and i was pissed mm. yeah well the 60s i mean i like, I like the 60s it's cool batmobile. but i want it's cool but i wanted the animated series yeah yeah but i i mean yeah i would have been like eh, and, 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 yeah. i wanted the animated series and i couldn't articulate in japanese uh a trade mm, yeah uh but uh yeah i mean yeah this is an amazing film um, and like I said, showing the romance there and showing how Bruce Wayne has this code, um, you know, as Batman and, you know, it's almost like he, you know, he needs Batman more than Gotham needs Batman, I think to a certain mm. degree. Um, and you know, just that type of psychology there is with that character. And of course, you know, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy for a lot of people are the definitive Batman and Joker. Um, that is, that's, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, 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 don't even say like for a lot of people. They are the definitive Batman and Joker. Well, some people, a lot of people love Heath Ledger's Joker. A lot of people see that. A lot of people love that. Um, you know, a lot of people love uh, Christian Bale as Batman. Um, I know even uh, a lot of people love uh, Ben Affleck. You know, a lot of people love Ben Affleck. I think, you know. Yeah, and, and out of those people who don't have Zack Snyder's cock in their mouth constantly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, even though I, I don't really like Zack Snyder's Batman, all that much mm -hmm. stuff we did with him. I will say that I still think that Ben Affleck is the best live-action Batman. I will say that. Uh, we I, will see. We, we will see this coming week. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ron Panson can take over. I don't know. Um, you know, I saw him at the... E everything I'm seeing, everything I'm seeing, every th interview I see with Robert Pattinson, how much he loves the character, everything I'm seeing, it's pointing me in that direction. 
Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I can't. I can't wait. Also, it's it's almost three yeah, hours. Yeah, I, I like, and I like Ben Affleck's take on Batman. I think it was just he he got Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Because I I love the suit. Mm-hmm. I love the action scene, like in the in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I was like, oh, I, man. yeah, I even in the Snyder cut where. He, that can, where his Batman is given a lot more justice, a lot more to do. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, going back to Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah, s- such a great stuff they do with it, um, and even that Phantasm character that makes a return um, in Batman Beyond and Return of the Joker. It makes a little yep, cameo, cameo cameo appearance there, which I thought was yeah pretty nice there, um, mm-hmm. which was pretty dope. So yeah, um, yeah, absolutely amazing. That's Great pick. Yeah, saw that movie on a lot of people's list as well. Batman is a phantasm. Um, all right, so moving on to my pick here. Um, it's Batman Under the Red Hood um, is my next one. We talked about it a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a really, really kind of great one as well. Uh, and a lot of this stuff you can all watch if you have HBO Max, if you can check it out. You can watch all this Batman stuff all under Warner Brothers. Oh, check it out. Um, yeah, right there. So, yeah, for me, it's Batman Under the Red Hood. Um, all right, what about you? Okay, my next pick is my number two, and I get a lot of comments from this. My number two greatest of all time, it's Batman Begins. Mm. And I have a very I have a very specific reason why I put uh, Begins over The Dark Knight. I think because with Batman Begins, one, I think it's Nolan's absolute greatest film. You have this uh, deep dive of the character with Bruce Wayne in Christian Bale's performance, that I don't think any of the other any of the other two in the Nolan trilogy really get, go into as much depth of Bruce's character. With this one, I feel like the the inner turmoil of this this young man who is so broken by this tragedy that happened to him that he is willing to travel the world, learn all of these skills, and become this dark crusader. And in as far as a uh, grounding it in the real world, this was one of the first ones that did it. This like came out. This was like a precursor to stuff like Iron Man in terms of how grounded it was, how it showed the minutia of becoming Batman. It has one of my favorite villain performances from Liam Neeson as Rachel Ghoul and Killian Murphy as a Scarecrow, who keeps coming back in all of these Nolan films, and it's a welcome addition to anything. I think with this film. It's the only one of the Nolan trilogy that really focuses Bruce Wayne. And that's why I think it's a much better Batman film. I acknowledge The Dark Knight is a better film overall. It's just when I think about what I love about Batman, this is the one that stands out more to me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Batman Begins. Um, Love Christian Bale. Christian Bale is one of my favorite actors. Hmm. Um, He's one of the greatest yeah um, yeah and just the transformation he did to his body because this was his film right after machinist he had like an entire year to one put back on the weight he lost for the machinist and also put on a like more muscle to play batman yeah yeah that you mentioned that i was gonna yeah just bring that up the transformation that he did if you ever seen him in the machinist i mean yeah i mean to go from that to batman yeah and the machinist to batman was like two years apart yeah, I mean, really amazing work from from him uh, to to get on that, and you have Liam Neeson um, as you know Rachel Ghoul. Is it is it Ra's al Ghul or is it Rachel Ghoul? Because I've always heard they it in the in, in the comics and the animated series they pronounce Rachel Ghoul. 
and I think even in uh, Arabic, that where that name comes from, that's how it's pronounced. Okay, Rachel, because I I think I've heard it both ways, and both like sometimes in mm-hmm. some different animated stuff and other different ones. I think I've heard it both ways, but Rachel Go, I think he does a great job there. Uh, you know, with that, I I think Michael Caine as Alfred um, is a great. Um, he, and- yeah, he's one of the best takes on the character, and when you think about Batman in the modern context. This is really the film that saved it, because the name Batman, after the disaster that was Batman and Robin in in the 90s, that franchise was dead. Mm. And they spent, like, millions of dollars and a whole bunch of, like, different directors to try and revive the character. You had uh, Darren Aronofsky about to do, like, his take on year one. You had Joel Schumacher Mm. in talks to make a third of the Batman trilogy that would have tied back with uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker reprising the role. And eventually, Warner Brothers decided to do this, like, smaller scale thing in this, uh, like, newer-ish director with uh, Christopher Nolan. He he had a lot of buzz on the indie circuit with stuff like uh, Insomnia and Memento. Mm. And this was essentially handing him the reins. He had almost the perfect storm of circumstances to make a movie like this happen and what came out was one of the most critically acclaimed films of that year and one of the biggest earners of 2005 yeah yeah this was like when superhero movies they were still coming up you know you like you didn't know if Mm -hmm. you were really going to get a bad one or a good one i mean this was at the time where Mm -hmm. you had blade already this was this this was off the heels of stuff like blade trinity like uh, daredevil electra yeah uh angley's hulk and just to get a, a, not just a good superhero movie, but one that is taken as seriously as this film is. And you have these Academy Award caliber actors bringing their A-game to this film. It's like, before this, Morgan Freeman wasn't saying yes to a superhero movie. Michael Caine wasn't saying yes to one of these. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Michael Caine is kind of a whore. He'll say, he'll say yes to a lot of stuff. I'm He's a whore that. now, mm. more so now than he is than <laughs> he was back in the two thousands. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. So yeah, it was kind of yeah. You didn't really know if you were gonna get a good one, bad one of these. Um, and you know, this really showed up and, and did an amazing style. And Christopher Nolan, you said, you know, kind of this you know smallish director given the reins of, you know, kind of like this mm-hmm. big superhero franchise. And I guess, you know, you, you think that, I think, you know, you think that's a trend now with given like smaller directors, big franchise movies. But I guess they were doing that a lot too mm-hmm. back then because you had, like you said, Nolan and then Sam Raimi, even Spider-Man, because Sam Raimi was mostly just known for doing smaller stuff like yeah, Evil he, Dead. Yeah, he was like a smaller, low-budget horror director in the game of Spider-Man. Yeah, so... You know, I think yeah, you you did it. You do have a, a a big history of doing that. And you remember who did Blade, the first one? Uh, that was Stephen Norrington. Stephen Norrington, yeah. Do you remember what he did before he did Blade? No idea. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Cause yeah. Well, he did a movie. It says he did a movie called Death Machine before he did Blade. I have no idea uh, what that movie is, but um, he did <laughs> Japanese British cyberpunk horror film. Okay, so he's a uh, so horror type director. Then he gets Blade, which is another horror type thing. Um, I guess that's what they're thinking was. Um, yeah. So yeah, with this film, yeah, I, I do really enjoy Batman Begins a lot. Um, it is, I you know, one of my you know Batman films I do love. It's just like when you try to do try to put in other ones in there. It's just like, ugh, I don't know, it's tough, you know what I mean, like with the animated stuff, and I think, you know, sometimes that kind of overlaps it, um, so it's kind of tough to bring in there, but I do love, you know, Christian Bale's performance as Batman, as Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, um, I do love the whole cast, um, 
I think Katie Holmes is kind of weak. I don't know. I think she's kind of she, she's she's the weakest part about this. But even even her, I think, for what she's given, she's doing an okay job. And let's be honest, the women characters in Christopher Nolan movies are almost never given much to do. True. Yeah, that's kind of true. Um, it, it's like they that it's like that joke in BoJack Horseman. It's like the women are there, but it's never really about them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood does still to this day probably have an issue with putting women in. In movies when it's like they're just like a supporting character like when it's they're the lead of a movie it's kind of better but when they're just kind of mm-hmm. there as a supporting role it's like okay well you're just kind of the love interest or you're just this or that so it's kind of yeah women are just kind of yeah still kind of tough there but uh yeah uh yeah katie holmes is kind of weak um killian uh killian murphy um who comes in as scarecrow that's, is is chewing up that scenery yeah and he is so entertaining to watch it's understandable why no brought him back even just for cameos in both uh, the dark knight and rises yeah and that's his boy he's been with him in a lot of other different movies uh, inception yeah and he's yeah and he's playing uh oppenheimer for him in uh his new mo- next film yeah yes yeah, so that's his boy yeah that's his, that's his mm-hmm. guy yeah uh, and just looking on the imdb trivia you had like uh bale doing most of the stunts in this film you had no second unit involved so nolan is literally shooting all of this mm nice nice yeah and there's a lot of great you know yeah moments in this as well yeah like with the scene where he's got all the bats where he's got the like the bat you know with all the yeah bats which going. is which yeah which at the time you you felt like everybody in this film knew and loved the character batman because there were so many moments that were pulled from some of the greatest works like the the like swarm of bats that's from like year one the uh like the fear toxin that's pulled from a lot of uh, Scarecrow's original run. Uh, a lot of this is inspired by year one, especially, and also the long Halloween, I think, was uh, was mm-hmm. a, was an inspiration that Nolan cited when writing this film. Yeah, him and his bro- uh, brother, right, wrote this one. Jonathan Nolan? Yeah, it's him and, yeah, him, Jonathan Nolan, and David S. Yeah, yeah. I think when you really look at it, I think, Jonathan Nolan really is, I think, kind of the secret sauce there is is, is Jonathan mm-hmm. Nolan. I think when it comes to writing the movies there, I think it's, it's Jonathan Nolan. Because you see what Goyer did. Well, I don't know. I see what Goyer, he went off and kind of did more of his own thing, like with Blade Trinity and everything like that. It's like, Ew. yeah, it's like when he did that. But Jonathan Nolan, did you ever see Persons of Interest? I never watched it. It's really good. Jonathan Nolan, he's he was a showrunner and show creator of that show. It came on CBS. That was a really great show. It had Taraji P. Henson in it. It had Jim Caviezel. Um, and it, actually, I was mm-hmm. gonna—I forgot to mention this—but the actor who was in Coda, uh, the guy who was—he um, wasn't part of the family, but he was like this other fisherman, like the the bigger guy. Um, he was oh, actually—he was actually on Persons of Interest. I was like, oh shit, it's that guy from—he was one of the cops in oh. Pers- Persons of Interest. I was like, oh shit, it's him. Um, he was really good in that show, and it also had uh, Amy Anchor in it, who was from you know uh, 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 Angel um, in there, the Joss Whedon show. It also had uh, uh, who else was in that show too? It was really great. Um, uh, Michael Emerson too. Speaking of, he was Joker. He was yeah, he had a big role in that show too. Um, yeah, I love that show. I think that's an amazing show. Um, Jonathan Nolan, I think, is a really great writer. Eh? I think that's kind of like one of the mm-hmm. secret parts to Christopher Nolan's success because, yeah, is Jonathan Nolan. It, 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 it's like it's like a Tarantino was never as good. I'm sorry, you, you cut out there for a bit. What would you say? It, 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 it's like a case of uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. He was never 
the same director after the death of Sally Mankey. And I think that's kind of a similar thing with uh, Chris and Jonathan Nolan. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, I think that's a large part. Yeah, Jonathan Nolan, yeah, his success, yeah. A lot of the stuff like that. Um, all right, so uh, my next pick here that I'm going to do. Um, so my fifth one, uh, Batman Assault on Arkham and Dark Knight Returns. Then my fourth one was Batman on the Red Hood. Uh, my third mm-hmm. one, um, which I think is one of the best deconstructions of Batman out there, um, it is Lego Batman. Uh, Lego Batman, <laughs> which came out in 2017. Um, it is came off like much after the big success of the first Lego movie, which there was a lot of mm-hmm. hate on it, the Lego movie coming out, because it's like, what the hell are you going to do about Legos? This is stupid as hell. Why are you And then the movie came out yeah and it was awesome <laughs> it's one of the best animated movies yeah in a, in a while um absolutely it's it's an incredibly made animated yeah, film yeah it's like phil lord and chris miller this is like them at the height of their of their power it's like they had uh that they had 20 they had cloudy with a chance of meatballs and 21 jump street and they were announced to direct the lego movie and it's like come on they can't, they can't be three for three with like movies that should not work and the Lego movie comes out and they knock it out of the park and then they announce a spin-off where they're they're the Lord and Miller guys, they're not right they're not uh they're producing it, but they're not anywhere near the writing or the directing chair. This was directed by Chris McKay, mm-hmm. who off the strength of this film was announced that he was gonna be directing Nightwing for the DCEU. Mm. And then DC films kind of fell apart and now they're I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, but this was, yeah, when I say this is a great deconstruction of the character of Batman, it's what I think Star Wars should do with the Star Wars franchise, because mm-hmm. it really breaks down all the goofy stuff about Batman, and it brings in all the great, <laughs> you know, great moments and lowest moments from Batman, and wraps it all into one, that kind of thing, because it brings yeah, in all the Batman You can references. tell, you can tell everybody involved in this, in this production, from, like, the animator to, like, the intern the pa the fucking director the actors they all have a deep love and appreciation for the character of batman but unlike a lot of them they aren't slavish to him they kind of like call out and point out the absurdity of this character it's like does gotham city really need this guy in bat cosplay beating up poor people yeah and you have a lot of that um with you know with rosario dawson's character there um who plays barbara gordon um, you know, who talks about Batman and talks about this vigilante. It's like, do we really need him? And then voicing Batman, who I think is a great choice for the comedic version of him, is you have Will Arnett, who, who plays him, who people know as Job from uh, Arrested Development, who does a fantastic job or, here. Yeah, and uh, Bojack from uh, Bojack Horseman, mm, and yeah. a long, long comedy career from stuff like Saturday Night Live, stuff like uh, Murderville, which I hear good things about on Netflix. Mm, yeah. Um, he does a, a really great job here as 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 the voice of, of Batman doing that comedic role. You also have Zach Galifianakis here, who's Joker, who's the voice <laughs> of the Joker here. Who is a really underrated Joker. I dug the hell out of Zach Galifianakis. And possibly uh, two of the standouts here, you have uh, Ray Fiennes as, or Voldemort as Alfred, and you have Michael Sarah as Dick Grayson. And one of my yeah. favorite lines, it's like, hey, hey, Mr. Wayne, my name's uh, Richard Grayson, but uh, the ch- other kids call me Dick. Well, children can be cruel. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's got a great voice cast of people. Yeah, Channing Tatum <laughs> is in this. He has a small bit of Superman. <laughs> Channing Tatum, Superman. Uh, Jonah, uh, Jonah Hill is Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it's such a good cast in this. 
and it's also the debut of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She was Catwoman in this as well. Oh, yeah. And just so funny in that. Uh, my favorite's Paul F. Tompkins as uh, as Bane. And literally just does like, hello! Yeah, he does the Bane from Dark Knight Rises. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, so they do that callback with the Bane character and everything, which I thought was... Yeah, you have, uh, you have Billy D. Williams as the Two-Face in this. Yeah, which is a nice callback to when he was in Batman, was it Batman Returns? Oh, yeah, Batman 1989. Oh, he was in 1989. And then he was, re- and then he was uh, in uh, Batman Returns and then recast for uh, for Batman Forever. Yeah, so he was yeah, um, recasted. So it's a nice callback to that. that you know, finally he gets the chance to play Two-Face um, there instead of just Harvey Dent. So that was kind of a nice callback there. Uh, what they did there um so that was that was pretty good so yeah you have a lot of kind of you know great stuff there um and also jenny slate is harley quinn also i think jenny slate does a great job as harley quinn in this as well um yeah i mean this is really it's a really funny movie um brings in all that batman lore brings in all these references you know from all the multiple decades of batman um even you know you see in the trailer where you know where you have ray fines who's alfred who's talking to him and it was like well you already ripped through these phrases in 1989 and it starts, he starts naming <laughs> yeah, not in 19 yeah in 2015 16 and 2012 and 2008 and 1997 95 and 1989 yeah he's like he's got going through all his phases of that and it's like yeah he went through a lot of this already oh, and the weird oh and that weird one in 196 yeah, where it shows like Adam West, yeah, dancing, yeah, doing the bat dance and all that stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I very much yeah love this a lot. I think it you know does have this great appreciation for the character as well as like I said, also roasting the character for you know the, a lot of the absurdity that goes along with. I mean, Batman has been in the media for a long time. I mean, multiple like over he, he is five yeah, four it's, decades. It's like they yeah they celebrated his like seventy the seventy the eightieth anniversary of the character I think last year. He, he's a character that's been around forever. Has been in multiple like cartoons, movies, TV shows, video games, and they still find ways to to do new and interesting things with the character. Even if with the Lego Batman, it's paying loving tribute, but also you know we love the character and he's a brother, but we also want to make fun of him. Mm, yeah, and that's why I said I think they should definitely do this with something like Star Wars. I think this would be perfect. Just to, you know, really just have fun, you know, with the stuff of all the stuff they've ever done with Star Wars. Because Star Wars has been around for a long time and also multiple shows, multiple movies, all the things like that. Um, yeah, but- off, off, yeah, off the strength of this, I really hope that Chris McKay gets another thing for DC. DC because this movie is so fantastic and he's been stuck in development hell with Nightwing since Batman v Superman came out. Mm, yeah. I mean, DC, they don't know what they're doing with it. And, and I think so this going by the ear and the fly, and it's like, whatever, we're, we're going with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, it's it's great for someone may, like me who loves the character of Batman and really enjoying all these references. Even if I don't mm-hmm. think you know all the references to Batman, I still think you can have fun with it because it is uh, Yeah, a, a and good... pointing out, like, the absurds rogues gallery. Like, yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah fuck. Crazy Quilt, Condiment King. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, and they are all real. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, you know, like he just has the crazy rose gallery and and also gets into also the relationship of Batman and the Joker. It's like they love each other. I mean it's it's a it's a it's they I mean, you know what I mean? They, it's they, a gay room. It, it they code it here more than any other take of the, of Batman and Joker. They code it more here as a gay room. Yeah. 
I mean, they just absolutely love each other. And that moment where, you know, Batman tells him, it's like, well, I don't think you're really my, truly my arch nemesis. I'd say I'm, you know. I like to fight around. Yeah, like, you know, I'm fighting around different people. You see his I'm, eyes just swell. I'm fighting, I'm fighting a lot of different people. <laughs> and, I, yeah, I, I thought that was, yeah, really good. And, like, his eyes is all water open like that with the Joker. And he's like, <laughs> well, now says, I'm going to prove to you I'm your arch nemesis. And that's what kind of sets the whole plot of the movie off is Joker trying to have this big, you know, bombastic, you know, Brett in the City type level event. Uh, because all to prove uh, Batman, how much Batman loves him and everything like that, which I think is really good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely love this film. I really adore it a lot. Um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, great kids movie, great movie for also adults can sit there and watch too because, mm -hmm. you know, you're sitting there watching. I think you'll also get a lot of the jokes that are also there. So, yeah, yeah, very much love this movie um, as well. Um, yeah. Um, what about you, man? Oh my next uh, my next up on my list it's uh, it's it is the Lego Batman. We already talked about it. We've already said all the things that we love about it. How loving tribute it plays it pays to uh, Batman as a character. It pays respect to, but it's not it's not slavish respect like it is with what I think Zack Snyder did with Batman v Superman. It, it's it's love, but also pointing out the absurdity of a character like that and how many different interpretations but the thing that separates this it's so funny there are so many great comic bits in this the interaction with uh, him and dick grayson is so entertaining to watch it's one of michael Sarah's best performances as a voice actor uh i love that bit with uh ray fines as alfred and bruce is just like talking to his family portrait and he just kicks him across the room <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah it's, yeah. it's a lot of great gags and a lot of great stuff in here. Yeah, <laughs> that's just really amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, really great stuff. Um, all right, for my next one, uh, we already talked about it already. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Um, it's a mm -hmm. fantastic movie, uh, genius on a lot of levels. Um, you know, I mean, this works for kind of a lot of the different reasons, but it's kind of same as Lego Batman. Where it really gets into this, you know, like psychology of Batman. You know, Lego Batman just does it in a different, you know, more humorous way that does it, and satire, um, as opposed to here, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. But uh, yeah, it, it also is, it, it, it goes to show you that the character of Batman can work in a lot of different ways. You know, th that he can mm -hmm. be, there's times where, you know, like the Adam West Batman, where he can be like that, where he's, you know, bat dancing and doing all that stuff, and, you know, and there's times where it's like Batman the Animated Series where, you know, the very dark visual aesthetic and all that times like that. And there's times like with Lego Batman. Yeah, there, yeah this, this dark gothic aesthetic from... That was heavily inspired by uh, by Tim Burton's take on Batman, but it's also doing its own thing with the character. Yeah. Um, and, and also the Lego Batman, which is another fantastic interpretation. Hmm. Yeah. Um, then after that one, I have... Of course, I mean, you know, got to bring up The Dark Knight. Um, the Dark Knight not only is one of my favorite Batman movies, um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I absolutely love The Dark Knight. Um, legendary performance by Heath Ledger. Uh, one of the greatest performances. Um, it's, I mean, you know, it's funny, I mean, uh, about this is that Jared Leto must be punching air because he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's the only live-action Joker that's never won an Oscar. I mean, uh, 
Ah, so, I mean, he ah, must be really ah. fucking punching air right now, like Jesus Christ. Because Jack Nicholson won uh, for the Joker, didn't he? Or did... no, he, I don't think he. I don't think he was nominated for the Joker, but he'd won an Academy Award previously. I think he was nominated for The Shining. Ah, he was nominated for The Shining. So he's just the only actor. Yeah. So um, he's just the only non. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess. Yeah. So I guess him and J- Jack Nicholson. I was gonna say because I thought he was the only Joker that never won for the performance. I was gonna say, mm-hmm. uh, but you do have two actors in uh, Joaquin Phoenix and and Heath Ledger who won for the Joker. Um, they both won for their performance there, um, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's I mean what can be it's already, everything's already been said about that performance. It's a legendary mm-hmm. performance. Um, yep, it's it's just an incredible film in its own right, and I think the real tragedy is the pleasure because it. I feel like a lot of that news it overshadowed the rest of the cast, and I think there's an argument that. Aaron Eckhart for Harvey Dent deserved to be right up there with Heath Ledger on, on the fucking nominees. Because his turn as this, as the uh, idealistic uh, district attorney and then the slow descent to madness into becoming Two-Face, it's one of the best character arcs I've ever seen in a comic book film. And mm. Aaron Eckhart is incredible in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, he, you know, he kind of gets, you know, undervalued because it's, you know, he, mm-hmm. you have the bombastic performance that is, you know, Heath Ledger, the bigger performance. Uh, and Aaron Eckhart, you know, he talked about it. You know, in an interview, I remember him saying mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, when you just have a guy like that you know, who's in the zone like that, you just got to let him go. You know what I mean? And, and, and not worry <laughs> about it. And yeah, you got you to gotta let him go. And it's also like a thing. You, you got to step your game up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you just got to really, you know, kind of do your thing. And, and it's like, yeah, I had no problems, you know, stepping back and let him kind of do his thing. And he would talk about how Heath Ledger was in the dressing room talking to himself and, you know, mumbling to himself <laughs> and doing all that stuff like that. And, yeah, but I think Aaron Harkart, um, who, you know, he was kind of on like a big hot streak back, you know. kind of Yeah, like, yeah it, it was, uh, I think he got nominated for uh, Thank You for Smoking and was cast in, in The Dark Knight off the strength of that. Yeah. I think uh, Nolan talked about uh, seeing Thank You for Smoking and thinking, there's my Harvey Dent. Mm, yeah, Thank You for Smoking, amazing movie, uh, by the way, directed mm, by Jason Yes, Ray. an incredible film, and watching that, I can see, yeah, this dude becoming Harvey Dent, and something that I think is a fantastic thing about this film, because I'd, I'd kind of been out of the Batman comics loop for a while. Mm. I forgot that Harvey Dent eventually became Two-Face in the comic. I legitimately forgot that until I uh, saw the movie on opening day and then the reveal happens and it's like, oh, they're bringing Two-Face in this? Yeah! Mm, yeah, and I remember trying to get tickets for that. I mean, that was like a big event movie. Like, people, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sold-out tickets. It, it, yeah. it was the biggest event. It was like, if, if you didn't get your ticket in advance or like hours before, because I think this was, this was before theaters were doing like the apps where you could buy tickets online and then pick them up. I think this was long before that. So you had to physically go there, buy your ticket, and then come back for your showing. Mm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I remember and going if there. You, yeah. And if you weren't doing that, it was like, it was essentially like waiting in line at Foot Locker for sneakers. It mm. was like, you got to be there like five in the morning to get your ticket. Otherwise, you're not getting in. Yeah. I remember, yeah, going to a lot of theaters, going like, yeah, sold out, sold out. I was like, damn. I was like, wow. And it, it was sold out for weeks. But thankfully, this was like pre-internet, so it so the risk of getting spoiled before you saw it was much lesser than it is now. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a good thing about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this really was like yeah, such a big event. 
um, here. You have uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal who comes in here, uh, who replaces Katie Holmes' uh, character. Yeah, who is who? To be fair, is also not given a lot to do as Rachel, but I think she's fantastic to give her. I yeah. like her. Excuse me, her interaction with both uh, Christian Bale and Aaron Eckhart as both playing uh, the love interest to both as the love interest of both of them. And I think she's shown that she's a very competent district attorney in her own right in, like, the interrogation scene with uh, uh, Chin Han, who is uh, playing uh, Lao. In the- mm, yeah. And it does have, you know, because a lot of people do want different things from their Batman. A lot of people criticize, mm-hmm. like, in a lot of these Batman movies, it's too action-focused, not enough detective-focused. Mm-hmm. Like, the Batman the Animated Series what, yeah. was very, very much detective-focused. They, yeah, the... Yeah, the the animated series that was one hundred percent unabashedly. This is the world's greatest detective, and you get a little bit. You get enough of that here that it tided me over. Yeah, there's a little bit of that here, like him trying to investigate Joker and trying to figure mm-hmm. out who this guy is. Um, you know, so I, I do appreciate that here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's more of that with the whole Riddler being the villain in the Batman movie with Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. uh, where he's trying to hunt him down. So hopefully, we get a lot more of that. Um, there in that movie uh, but yeah you do see a little bit of that him him tracking him down um you also have the introduction uh, the introduction of one of my favorite kind of batman vehicles the batpult um it, you know what i mean it's my <laughs> kind of says it here um and also just a, a lot of just the opening of this movie also is one of the best openings too i think of of any movie mm. too uh, just like when you see it's one joke. of the greatest bank heists of all uh it's one of the greatest cinematic bank heists yeah, I mean, it's just the the opening of this movie is, is absolutely you know fantastic too. When you have that movie and the and the music too that they have playing that you know that that music with there is also really amazing too. With this Batman movie, I think it's also really great. Um, some people, I mean, as time goes on, some people are like, yeah, it's a little overrated. It's a little this, a little that. Um, you know, people say like, well, it's touch kinda, grass. You know, it's kind of like people say like, well, it's kind of like heat. It's basically heat. Um, a lot of people kind of say that with the movie. Yeah, but heat is also an incredible fucking movie. Mm. Yeah, very true. Yeah, he is also really great, which was the Michael Mann movie. Um, very, mm-hmm. very impressive film. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, like I said, an amazing movie up and down for me. Uh, like you said, with Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, um, I mean, I you know, I think, yeah, it's kind of, she's just, there's not a whole lot except the love triangle kind of stuff there. And then, you know, it does show her a little bit doing her job. Uh, but it is a lot of the love triangle kind of stuff there. Um, and I think, you know, there's also such an amazing the interrogation scene that's a great scene mm. it's him and the joke that's an amazing scene it, it, it's one of it's one of the all-time great film yeah i, I great mean, scenes it's it's incredible yeah i mean i, I think that's a yeah, that's an amazing scene and what Heath Ledger does here is the joker making him you know this real complete psycho and the way he moves around his, you know just face and i think and then people say like well this movie's mm-hmm. only good because it has just a joker performance no this is good for yeah, I mean, the action is no. really excellent in the movie and Tris- christopher nolan really mm-hmm. knows how to do it. it's like it's way different than what michael bay does like christopher nolan's almost like a smarter michael bay where he doesn't just mm-hmm. do explosions to do explosions like it's just a lot more smarter and more tactical in the way he does it in his movies which mm-hmm. i really appreciate um and the stuff with like like i said with the bat pod with the tumbler um which i know a lot of people had a big issue with the tumbler like when it was in batman begins they were like this is ugly and it's so big and it's like Fuck that that shit's awesome you know what i mean but i i thought it was kind of dope i mean again different interpretation of what you see with the batmobile you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i like how you have a different version of the batmobile kind of every time you see batman um yeah with yeah i think the ethos with this uh with this entire trilogy, it's what it's one. Nolan wanted to make a Batman that 
could function in the real world. Is the tech a little advanced? Yes, but there's a lot of it that's based on like real designs, real stuff that is in R and D. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is also a movie that's in the National Film Registry um, as well, which is a huge honor for a movie to be there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love a lot of things about this movie, up and down. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I can go on and on talking about Dark Knight. I mean, it's such an amazing movie. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my number one uh, there. Uh, do you have any ones that you don't like? Of uh, ones that I don't like of. Uh, Movies, Batman movies that I don't like. I don't like Batman and Robin. I, I think that's a kind of mm. that's an abomination of a film. Uh, the Killing Joke that we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, uh, Batman Forever. I've kind of come around on Batman Forever. Uh, it's it's one that I've liked more and more as I. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, I think it'd be kind of the same. Obviously, Batman and Robin is, yeah, one of the, not only one of the worst <laughs> comic book movies, it's just one of the worst movies. It's up there with like Catwoman, the Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> it, it's just but, one which is, which is, it's one that you had at the time on paper, the perfect casting for Bruce Wayne with George Clooney. And you get the, the whole like dancing, like bobblehead Clooney. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, you do have that. Like you said, on paper, it seems like if you're going to get any actor at the time, George Clooney, it's like, hey, he's he's good-looking guy. He's got the swagger. It's like... It seems Handsome, per- swagger, charismatic as hell, and then you get the... Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, okay. Uh, I get... You know, it's just like, yeah. The one, the one thing I like about that movie is how little Arnold Schwarzenegger gives a fuck and is just doing uh, uh, The Predator. Yeah, I do love on Switch. Just doing Schwarzenegger is legitimately great in Batman, and I yeah. will give them that. Yeah, uh, I mean the the ice puns. I mean I've come. To, I mean I know a lot of people. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. I mean Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean this is a lot of great stuff there. Um, but yeah, I mean like you know now that I mean. It's so far removed. A lot of people just go like, "Yeah, that was just goofy," and people laugh at it and kind of move on with it. Um, but that it, did—it's it's kind of, it, its kind of come around the same way that the Star Wars pre Yeah, and but at the time, it did kill a lot of because it was not, there was no comic book movie like for some years before like Blade, uh, before they did because Batman and Robin just killed it. It just people just it just like okay, studios was like it kind of nuked all <laughs> interest in comic book properties. <laughs> for a while after that. Hey, it, it's the movie that killed Batman for a decade. Yeah, so that was like, yeah, we're, okay, we're not going to touch this uh, anymore. Uh, Batman oh, f- um, another one. Oh, another one I just hate. Uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. Batman and Harley Quinn? Um, that, that was a that was a direct-to-video animated, the same style as the animated series. It had a, a, the girl from Big Bang Theory as the... Oh, Kaylee Coco? Or... No, not her. It's uh, Melissa Rauch. Oh, okay. Huh. Okay. Batman and Harley Quinn. It's it's not good. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. No, I don't think I've seen mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah. So yeah, for me, yeah, Batman and Robin, of course. Um. Uh, Batman Forever. Not really big on that one. Um. Mm. Tommy Lee Jones is too fake. I mean, that's the most energy I've ever seen out of Tommy Lee Jones. Um. Just put completely. I mean, I, I mean, at the time, it's like. Both of them were trying to be the Joker. Both mm. him and Jim Carrey's Riddler. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just like, and it also it just just because Carrie is already over the top. Don't try to mm-hmm. match what Carrie's doing because you can't match what Carrie's doing. So don't try to match no. his energy. No. It's like you yeah, can't. you're 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 going up against Carrie off the heat of Ace Finn. You're not gonna out over the top. Yeah, so I mean, he should have just been the straight man, like how Tom yeah, Lee is, and yeah, and that's that's I think that's what the what that role was written as. It was the odd couple where Two Face is the straight man and Riddler is the is the crazy one. Yeah, um, so it just that just doesn't work. Um, you also have I like Val Kilmer as Batman. Um, again, very much a guy that fits the role. Good looking guy, Val Kilmer. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, he's Maverick. I mean, you know what I mean. Super good looking. <laughs> no, he's a uh, he's Goose. Oh, I'm mean, sorry, Goose. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's Goose. Um, super good looking guy. Um, you know what I mean. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he totally kind of you know fits the role there, and I think he does decent job as Batman there. I um, I think he was great as Bruce Wayne. I'm iffy on him as Batman. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I guess I could. Yeah, I guess I could. Yeah, kind of see that there. Um, also, you had Nicole Kidman in this movie, who was gorgeous, who was stunning in this movie as well. I mean, woof. I mean, this, she, yeah, it was Nicole. It was Nicole Kidman in her prime. Yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, wow. Um, then this was also an introduction of Robin. You had Chris O'Donnell, who came in, um, mm-hmm. who's Robin in this. Um, yeah, I mean, he was kind of an annoying little shit in this, and then an annoying little shit in Batman and Robin. Um, yeah, it's like they doubled down in Batman. Um, yeah, uh, the Alfred in this, Michael Goy, um, I think he does a very good Alfred, uh, by the way. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's a very good Alfred. Yeah, and he, was, and he was the through line through all... It, it was, he was the, he was like the common thread in all of them. Yeah, uh, very much so. Um, yeah, so that, that was kind of, he was, yeah, with Alfred, yeah. Um, hmm. And then also, I would say, I'm not very big on Batman Returns. I'm not, I don't really kind of like Batman Returns all that much. Um, I'm not, again, I don't really care too much if you divert from the comics, but I didn't like the whole thing of, like, the penguin being a real penguin, like Danny DeVoe. <laughs> like, like, that's just... Okay, the, okay, yeah, the big thing with uh, both of those is Tim Burton is not a comic fan. He was kind of like that, oh, why would I like these, these funny books that for children? Right, I mean... Um, I am a serious filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, coming from a guy who's 50-plus still dressing like he's, you know what I mean, goddamn uh, Emo Phillips. But, I mean, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, come on, man. I mean, like, I'm surprised he wasn't into comics because all his work is all about the the outsider and the weird characters, mm-hmm. like with Ed Wood and Edward Scissorhands and all this other stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, so that stuff with Batman Returns, I mean, I respect with 89 Batman and Batman Returns simply because without that you never would have gotten Batman the Animated Series like that really set the aesthetic mm-hmm. for what Batman the Animated Series was but yeah with Batman Returns yeah, the whole thing with Danny DeVito being you know the Penguin even though I do love Danny DeVito I still kind of you know I did because you know, for the performance he's doing it's fine but just with the characterization of like the, him actually making him a Penguin he eats fish and he like you know <laughs> what I mean is, is doing this he lives in a fucking sewer yeah yeah. And then Catwoman, it's like she's, like, a zombie resurrected by cats. Yeah, like, she's got special cat powers, you know what I mean? And Michelle Pfeiffer, she was voted um, Best Catwoman, like, on IGN's poll, she was voted Best Catwoman. I I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, she's, again, she was also another person, stunning, like, real gorgeous. 
Um, and she's, you know, with, with her doing all that stuff as Catwoman. Actually, I found her more sexier when she was kind of like the assistant instead of being Catwoman. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, because like when she was, when she turned into Catwoman, it was kind of like, okay, she's like. It, it was basically Tim, it was Tim Burton working on. Oh, you cut out there, would you say? It was Tim Burton working out his S&M finish. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's a cool outfit. It's a cool Catwoman outfit. I kind of like it. But it's like her licking herself. Like, it's like, again, it's like the same thing with the penguin. It's like... It's <laughs> she's like, a cat, dude. Yeah, but I guess she's a... But she wasn't... Like, the, the whole the licking herself and then the, the cat puns and all that other stuff. It's like, okay. I mean, I know... I mean, cat the, cat pun, the, cat, the cat puns carry over from the comic. That, that's... A- yeah, the cat puns. actual canon. Yeah, the cat puns do carry over, but it was just like, yeah, it was just, again, it goes into like what I think you, with the penguin. It's like, okay, but it's, she's a cat, so she has also, she's got nine lives, which in the movie too, she's kind of got nine lives, like a cat, like the, the myth <laughs> of a cat and all the other stuff. Like, this isn't really, really Catwoman, all that stuff. But yeah, the puns, the puns are very much, yeah, that's a part of you, the Catwoman stuff, because that's what Eartha Kent did when she was in the Batman. The, uh, show mm-hmm. um, uh, also is Julie Newmar as well when she was also Catwoman and also Zoe Kravitz you see um, when she's in the new Batman you see that you know there's going to be some cat puns in there too um, but yeah I mean there's that um, so that's kind of like why I have like a big issue with that um, as mm-hmm. well Christopher Walken too in Batman Returns I don't think is um, you know all that good either um, and then you have you know Bruce Wayne why are you dressed like Batman <laughs> uh, yeah, you do get a lot of that. The guy who actually played his son, I think, actually did a pretty good Christopher Walken in that movie. Like he did actually a pretty a real spot on Christopher Walken. I was like, wow. Oh, he was bas- he was basically like doing an impression <laughs> because he's working with Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, because like that was his. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, because that was his son in the movie. Yeah, there was a character who was like a son in his movie. He's playing Max Shrek, and then he has like a, he owns this. Uh, yeah, he's the evil businessman in the movie. And I was like, yeah, he, I thought, yeah, he was really good there um, as well. Uh, then Batman 89, not not big on Batman 89 either. Um, not really huge mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, <clears throat> Michael Keaton is Batman. I, like, that was kind of one of the cases uh, because it goes back to a lot of, like, fans. It, like, fans bitching and complaining. That's nothing new. Fans have always bitched and complained about all, every movie um, comic mm-hmm. movie, all that stuff like that. Like that's just nothing new. People say like, man, people never complained like this before. It's like people have always been complainers and 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 bitcher and moaners about everything, especially a lot of these comic stuff. Um, like when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker, um, mm-hmm. um, and then the same thing goes with Michael Keaton when he was cast as Batman in '89. They go like, oh, Mr. Mom, he's gonna be Batman, like that guy, like what the fuck, like. You know, that was kind of Michael Keaton at the time of what he was really known for. And he does a great... I do like his Batman. Um, yeah, his performance is the... Him and Jack Nicholson are the best thing about it. I really like uh, the 1989 Batman, but there are there are elements of it that have not aged great. Yeah. Uh, I will say. Uh, yeah, elements that have not all that great. The Batman suit, it, it was that stiff-ass Batman suit that you kind of see where he had to really turn... Yeah, I want to have to... Yeah, like he had to turn his full body to do everything like that. It's funny. I wonder if they'll do that again when he's in the Batgirl movie where he just turns his whole body again or they actually update it. I wonder if they'll do that. <laughs> I I, th- I think in th- it looks like they've updated it a little. Mm. It's like he could actually like turn his head and shit. Yeah, so that like that. And I wonder I wonder if, if Michael Keaton's the shortest guy ever to play Batman. Because Michael Keaton's 5'9", and I wonder if he was... Yeah, like the, he is. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he is. I think Ben Affleck is the tallest one at, like, 6'3". Mm, okay, yeah. Um, so Ben Affleck is... Because in the comics, Bruce Wayne is 6'2". Mm-hmm. Con- 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 canonically? Yeah, he, he's, like, 6'2", and then 220. Mm, yeah, so, yeah, Ben Affleck, yeah, is about, the you know, almost the same height as, yeah, what Bruce Wayne is supposed to be. But, yeah, Michael Keaton, yeah, at 5'9", which I didn't really... I was like... Yeah, I was like, I didn't know how, yeah, he was kind of one of the shorter actors to play on. And yeah, like you said... Right, there was also, like, that... There was also that really weird scene where uh, he just got finished, like, having sex with Vicky Vale, and she wakes up in the middle of the night, and he's just, like, hanging upside down like a bat. Oh. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, who played Vicky Vale? I forgot who played Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale was Kim Basinger. Oh, yeah. Again... Kim Basinger, yeah, stunning in that movie too. Jesus, Vicky Vale too. Jesus, um, yeah, she was yeah, looked absolutely great in that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and especially people remember mostly also from Jack Nicholson's performance as the Joker, which also was like a scene, like every scene stealing performance as well. Um, as yeah, and he got top billing over Keaton. Yeah, and people forget that a lot. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to do, like, because at first Tim Burton didn't even want to do a Batman movie. He wanted to do a Joker movie, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much there, there, and not even do a Batman movie. Um, hmm. I would have been interested yeah, and to also, see. And also at the time, Nicholson was the much bigger. Yeah, of course, of, you know, because, you know, of all the great accolades that he already accumulated before he got to Batman A I stuff from The Shining and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, um, you know, accumulated this mass, Easy Riders, um, and everything like that. Um, also with the bat suit. Like, it's like, like, I don't know what material it's supposed to be made of, but he can easily just, like, pull off the mask. Like, it's almost like a fruit roll-up or something like that. Like, he just <laughs> kind of rips it off <laughs> like that. Um, so I kind of don't like that uh, stuff there. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I do respect the aesthetic and the style of it because without it, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have gotten, uh, you know, the Batman anime series. Um, also, uh, Batman murders a lot of fucking people in this. I mean, I, he murders yeah. a lot. Of He's got no this is, Yeah, this is a lot of... Yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's kind of the stuff that I'm talking about that hasn't really aged well. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of stuff where he's just like he throws a bomb down something, and he just tosses a guy in the hole, and then it blows up. Yeah, and he, he like just, straps a bomb to a guy, knocks him over a ledge, and just like lets him blow up. Yeah, uh, so a, a lot of stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, um, yeah. I wonder who. I think they. I think I watched a video. I think they said that. Did he have a higher kill count than Ben Affleck's Batman? I can't remember. <laughs> okay, I, I saw a video comparing it to. I can't remember if they said he had a higher kill count. Or it, did, he might. He might. I ha- might have to watch these. He might have killed more people than Ben Affleck. Yeah, I have to. I have to go back and find that video. But I think I was trying to. Yeah, that's somebody. Yeah, but this. But this movie, they weren't trying to set up a Suicide Squad film in the same universe, mm. though. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's also a good point because if um, and it also goes like what Batman is in this universe because in Peacemaker, Bat, like he talks about like Batman doesn't kill people. I'm like, Batman must have a good PR team because uh, he, he was killing, <laughs> he killed a lot of fucking people from what I've seen. But he, he's got fucking like Vought corporate backing him or something. Oh, he does Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, I mean he must he must have something because I was like, yeah, I don't know what Batman you watching because he he kills a lot of people. Yeah, um, and I think. Um, I don't know how many people credit Christian Bale's Batman kills because uh, somebody was going back and forth. Do you count him killing Rachel Gould? I mean, he I mean he kills him, right? I mean, do you I count that? I don't see it. At, I see it more as he's like given the option to he gives Rachel an option to get off the train, 
and to like live, but Raish doesn't take it. That's how I read that scene. Mm. So he could have gotten off the train if he wanted to, mm-hmm. but just uh, mm, I don't know. I guess that's undecided. I guess because I guess he could have mm-hmm. saved him, but he didn't save him. But he did. He could have saved himself. So uh, it's kind of up in the air. I guess a little bit there. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Um, but he did kill everybody in that 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 temple, though. He just he was like, I won't kill this one guy who's a thief, but I'll blow up this whole <laughs> temple. I'll blow up this whole ass temple. And, I'll blow um, up this whole motherfucking house. Yeah, and kill all those people there. But I won't kill this one thief, though. I, I won't do that. Hey, like, hey it's his rule. And if he's not directly swinging the sword, then it doesn't count. Yeah, I guess that's a loophole. It's uh, a loophole there. Uh, but yeah, like with Batman and I'm not really yeah big on that movie myself. Um, and then stuff like we mentioned the killing joke. I'm not really. Yeah, I think the killing joke is terrible. I think that's one of the worst DC animated films they've done. Um, honestly, I think with the expectations that came with it, uh, it was just completely disappointing. Especially bringing in Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, and the killing joke mm. is one of the definitive Batman stories, like with Dark Knight Returns and the Long Halloween and uh, Batman Year One. And it's like, man, I mean, that was just a huge disappointment. Uh, what they did. Yeah, it, it's one of the worst comic book films of all time. It, there's no... Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that was great, man. Great discussion about Batman. Love talking about it. Can't wait to talk about the movie uh, next week. 